I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Welcome to this On the Continent Transfer Special, your definitive guide to the news across Europe. I'm Dotson Adebayo. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm David Cartledge. On this Why Are We Still Waiting for Harry Transfer Edition, as a brace of stars transfer out of the Bundesliga, we've got everything you need to know about the one who has become a scouser. Also, if Oriol Romeo is the answer, what's the question? Why splash the cash on the young bloods when the vets are going for a song? Is Barcelona onto something? Plus all the other transfer news and gossip, including uh, the news about the Turkish wonder kid who scores goals that Wales are not going to forget in a hurry and talking about going for a song. Well, here, what his release calls is in a moment or two. Andy, first of all, a lot of business being done in the Bundesliga. I know we talked about Harry Kane last week, but there's a bigger picture going on here. Should we start by talking about this talent that Liverpool have managed to sign that other teams in the Premier League were interested in? Yeah, and you can see why Dominic Soboslai would fit a lot of Premier League teams. The dynamism of him is pretty incredible. It's been something that's clear ever since he was at Salzburg. And um, he's he's been very good for a couple of years for for Leipzig, despite a difficult start. He was injured when he arrived and really missed six months and missed Euro 2020 for Hungary, in which he had got them there with two late goals against Iceland, um, which are very typical 
Sobers like grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. And that's what he does so well. And that's what Liverpool have really lacked. I think if if you look at them last season, they're quite quite leaden, quite pedestrian in midfield. He's really dynamic. He's box to box. You wondered even when Liverpool were better than they were last season, maybe they lacked that player to make the last pass as well. He can do that as well as having the energy. He's great from set pieces. He can score from distance. They've really needed to improve in midfield. And with him and McAllister particularly, I really think they have done. Yeah, I think in terms of targeting your needs, they, they've hit the spot here on both counts of McAllister and Tuspelay as well. Um, gives them that energy. They're a little bit flat, as Andy has pointed out. Um, and yeah, I think these are great moves by Liverpool, especially on the first play. The thing that catches everybody's eye the moment they see his stats is that he's 22 years old. He has played 200 and is it 17 games? It's a lot, right? It, <laughs> I was trying to work it out. He, he's played every single game since he was about 17 without without injury. But especially when you realise, as we just was saying he, he turned up in Leipzig uh, you expecting him to make a huge dent in the second half of the season he's got a groin injury that won't clear up and he doesn't play it's, it's, it's remarkable really and when you think of what high energy game he has mm. as well that's something that's really remarkable I mean you, you see why Newcastle were interested in him as as, as well um, you know I, I, you'd, you'd have to ask him I suppose why he's he's, he's chosen he's, Liverpool ahead. He's, a, he's a Liverpool fan yeah, he's got a Gerard title. So, so is that right? Apparently, right, so yeah, I'm sure he said himself. That's, yeah, yeah. that's interesting because when he when he was he, he was being interviewed by Liverpool, they asked him why did he take the number eight, and he went, "Oh, I just like it." All oh, right, yeah. Apparently, apparently he's got a title. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Really? So there you go, Gerard and yeah. Interesting, but I think Leipzig have, have have got a bit of an issue now because we talked about this last week and how they could be in trouble in this transfer window. You talked about it to be well, precise, yeah, and, but, and you predicted this. But and has gone, yeah. Shabuzlai's gone. Gavardiol is probably going. And you look at their sporting director, Max Erbel, who came over after a very long, very successful period at Borussia Mönchengladbach. His feet are barely under the desk. And all of a sudden, I mean, he's fine having all that money, but how are Leipzig going to spend it? You know, really, it's of limited value to them unless they completely change their model, David. Because right up, actually, right up until they brought Timo Werner back last summer, their model is they're never going to go out and buy a direct replacement for Drobozlai or Gvardiol or the other players that have gone in the past like Upamecano. You know, Gvardiol was the next Upamecano mm-hmm. when he arrived. And I think that really underlines that they're very good at talent identification and talent development. But nevertheless, like expectations there have increased over the last couple of years. They're increasingly in the Champions League. I mean, where do they go from there? They've got a rebuild now, whether they like it or not, haven't they? I was going to say, they have to you know, be savvy in the market. And it's like, doesn't matter how savvy you are sometimes, if you are having to replace such a raft of players um, all in one go, that is just mm. immensely difficult, no matter how good your recruitment network is or anything like that. So they've got to look at that. I always think there's different tiers of leagues. And they've probably got to look at that fourth, fifth type tier of league. You know, your, your Belgiums, your Switzerland's, Try and bring players in from from there, and it, it was funny. I was looking at um, there was a link if if Guardiol did leave that they were looking at uh, Lekeba um, from mm. Lyon to to replace him, mm. which was just quite ambitious. I, th- I, th- I thought, considering, I wonder if he's probably thinking, oh, I mean, I can maybe go a little bit higher than than Leipzig. I th- I think Lekeba will get pushed into that Guardiol role simply because Lyon need the money. And yeah. they need to get someone quickly. He's he's a good player. He's a really good player. Um, he's grown a lot over the last couple of years. And I suppose 
if we're talking about them making steps up, Lukeba is not a player they would have been able to go and take off a club like Leon maybe Absolutely. going back two years. So I, th- I think I think that's quite right. But it's interesting seeing the German media look at it and the German media heaping this pressure actually on Ebel, the sporting director already. And when, you know, we've had targets filter out like uh, Jesper Lindstrom, uh, um, Eintracht Frankfurt, very good player, very entertaining, more of a dribbler than Zobersleib, but a potential replacement for him. And you've had certain people reacting going, well, if you're going to buy someone for 30 million off Eintracht Frankfurt, how is that a, a replacement for mm. Zobersleib? And, uh, you know, I, I think... What why? else are they meant to do? What else are they meant to do? Well, yes. why is Leipzig selling? Why has it become, if you like, for this summer transfer window, a selling club or seemingly so? Well, they're always a selling club to an extent because unless you introduce release clauses into their contracts, the players won't come in the first place. You know, and I think it's, it's, it's a Red Bull model. That was that was the same for Erling Haaland, uh, Red Bull Salzburg, of course, in, in, in the past. Um, that was Nkunku's situation two and you know I, I think it's easy for for fans to look at it and say why would you introduce a, a release clause into a player's contract well it's really a bit of mutual back scratching part of the reason why there's such a platform a brilliant platform for young talent is because they go come here this is not your end destination this is we are going to put you on a, a podium where yeah. you are going to get yourself to elite level mm. yeah. and then we'll make our money and everyone will be happy and then the next one will roll in the production line. I guess the thing is, if you're losing quite a few in the in the same summer, as, as David was saying, how can you be covered for that? It's, it's it's just not possible. No, I don't know. I don't think so either. And I think, you know, look, they sell themselves to players as a club where you can get that continuity as a youngster that you might not get at a, a bigger club, shall we say. They also sell that platform, that historic you know, ability to produce players and then sell them on to bigger clubs. So they're, they're relatively successful, I'd say, on the pitch. Yeah. They're extremely successful off it. Well, maybe that's enough. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing when you go back like to when they were promoted, what, six, seven years ago now. And... Um, there was there was definite belief that uh, maybe it was a belief that people wanted to have because Bayern had already started their relentless march towards winning every season at that point. People wanted to believe that ultimately someone different is going to come along and maybe it's not going to be Dortmund because Dortmund have been in that position, haven't they? As that sort of shop window for young superstars, albeit they consider themselves very juxtaposed to Leipzig because they consider themselves as the embodiment of tradition as opposed to what Leipzig are, a very, a very new club, a sort of talent factory as, as well. But you really, we've, we've seen before, when they got to the, the semi-finals of the, the Champions League back in, in 2020 during the pandemic, you could see Nagelsmann get in that semi-final where they, they, they get hiding really off, off PSG thinking, actually, this is probably our ceiling, isn't it? And it is. And, and <laughs> the, but the thing is, when you go and buy Timo Werner back, are you not saying we aspire to something more? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I can see how it could become a little bit muddled. All, all I'm saying is I think it is okay for them to be what they are. I'll flip this. Say a Benfica or a Porto. Yeah. 
Okay, so if you're constantly selling and selling and you're looking not having any ambition, I think it'd be different. I can understand how fans of those clubs would get frustrated because they've won league titles. They've they've challenged far in Europe as well. Whereas I think for for the Red Bull clubs, I think it can be quite you know steady. Are we looking at a much more fundamental problem with German football here? A much more existential issue about the its ability to keep the best players. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, Jude Bellingham is the uh, the headlining, uh, outgoing yeah, player from yeah. the Bundesliga this season. But we've seen the likes of Marcus Thuram, you know, deciding they're not going to sign for another uh, season in the Bundesliga and going elsewhere. And all the other players we've been talking about as well, not least Soberslai. All, all these players. And then the difficulty with trying to sign Harry Kane or bringing somebody like that in as well. Is the Bundesliga, perhaps, are we witnessing the unravelling of its 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 status as a powerhouse league in Europe? Well, I guess if that status was compromised, you would have to say it was already because this is not a new problem for, for, for any of these. And certainly I think it is an issue for teams trying to challenge Bayern that how do you hold on to your players? Now, all you had to worry about in the past was Bayern pinching your players. If you were Dortmund or going back before that, if you were Schalke, if you were Werder Bremen, you know, if you were the next best you know, it was Bayern's strategy to go and pinch your best players. But it was interesting. I remember, you know, when um, Mario Goetz's departure from Dortmund the first time was announced uh, or, or leaked out two days before the European um, Cup, the Champions League semi-final with, with Real Madrid. And it was not great timing at all. The fact that he was going to Bayern, that profoundly shocked um, the Dortmund fans and, and I think the world really. And Jurgen Klopp sat there and said, well, we can't really complain. I mean, what they have done with the release clause, we did that to, we did that to um, Borussia Mönchengladbach mm-hmm. over, over Marco Royce. You know, it's, it's something that, that, that happens in German football. The, the, the abundance of release clauses and the, the fact that players sign elsewhere before their contract's up, you know, I, I, I guess you could say it's clean, it's organisation, it's something that, you know, I think can create a little bit of paranoia as well. It's, it's something that I don't think would be culturally acceptable in England, for example. I don't think people would stomach that at all. The idea that one of your key players is going to another club and you know that six months before. You know, it's, it's, it's really hard to imagine many situations like that. I mean, the only one that springs to mind is Alan Smith of Arsenal. When, it, when he moved from Leicester and it was announced in the March and he stayed with Leicester till the end of the season. But I mean, that, hard, is, that, that is, is hard. But, but, but that's like 35 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's remarkable. That's, that's something that's not really doable here. He's but a great I, football journalist, by the way. I'll I, throw that in for I, free. I guess that's, that's kind <laughs> uh, and, and fair. But I, I think when, when you look at that, that culture of is just something that happens, it is quite hard to, to move away from, I, I, I suppose. And the difference is as well, these players now, are not just picked off by Bayern. You know, the Bundesliga is known as a great producer of talent and a great nurturer of talent all over the world. I think the bottom line is you've got to remember this isn't just a Bundesliga problem because Bundesliga are now encountering what Ligue 1 have been experiencing for years, what Portugal have experienced for years. There's only one league that, uh, that hasn't got the problem because they're doing, they're doing all the picking off, basically. Mm. Uh, thank you for that point. And by the way, we are going to be talking about what I consider to be the... Um, transfer clause or uh, whatever of the <laughs> this summer uh, 
season. Um, phew, it's game for a song. Let's let's leave it at that for now. Smacks a beauty past Alexander The ball just wow. swerves away from Alexander Meyer. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Now, let's talk about uh, La Liga. Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. David, I don't know what you think of their signing so far. As I'm looking at it, they they maybe it's a pattern, but they're going for the veterans, aren't they? Yeah, they are for now. I think, you know, they, I think Barcelona realised they have to shuffle the deck now every summer. And, you know, they have to... They've got quite a young team. If you look at it, you know, they've got a lot of very young players. So they need some experience to, to balance that out. And that's why they brought in Lewandowski, of course. And then they folded up now with Gundogan. Um, they want that experience around. They still want to compete in the Champions League. They still want to compete um, at the highest level. But at the same time, they do also want that that young core. They want Gavi, Pedri, Araujo. You know, they want those players who are very, very tender, but also very, very talented surrounded by more experienced key players. So I, I understand what they're what they're doing in that sense. Gundogan just says, 
we don't have Champions League know-how, doesn't it? It's it's kind of a mission of, of that. And it, I think it's a worthwhile admission, isn't it? We saw in that tie against Man United, I think it was it was a wild tie from 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 both teams. I think mm, it was it yeah. was it was two teams who were lacking that Champions League experience who who looked like a team who hadn't you know, had that experience of Champions League and, and, and dominating in the in the latter stages for, for a number of years. So it was, it was like that. And the hope is then, therefore, that somebody like Gundogan can come in, get his head together with Lewandowski and, and calm that dressing room and lead that dressing room of, of very, very young players, ultimately. Are you surprised that they're interested in Oriol Romeo, who I, I think is a, a great player, actually. He saved Southampton, arguably, for a couple of seasons, but then... He's in Spain and now they're looking at him again. Yeah, he's he's performed really, really well for Girona, so we have to say that, but he ticks two boxes. He's going to be low cost and he's a Le Messiah product. Uh, product sorry. Um, so those boxes are ticked straight away and, and Barca like looking at those players and, and, and whether they can bring them back. It's, a, it's always mooted, just always is. So he would make a lot of sense, I think, for him. But I, I guess the issue is, if you're Barcelona, you're so it's it's great to have the experience, but you're so constricted in the market that you're interested in Romeo and then Girona come out as they've come out on Not the day that we're all. recording this. Yeah, really annoyed. And that they feel they can little boy Barcelona and go, Well, actually, he's got a contract till twenty twenty five. And how are you gonna take him away? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of Spanish clubs they they don't want to play. they they've been linked with really talented player Ivan Thresneda from uh, Real Valladolid. And a lot of clubs wanting him. Arsenal, for instance. Surely they can't afford him at the moment. Well, that's what you'd think as well. But they're thinking, oh, we can, he can be our cheap option of 15 million. But I'm just like thinking, where are they going to get 15 million from? They have to make sales, no matter, well, no matter what. This Pe- is a problem. That's the real problem for Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. They can bring in whoever they like or, you know, to essentially try. Well, they can try yeah. to bring in whoever they like, Girona notwithstanding. But they can't ship people out. This is their problem, isn't it? Yeah, it's a massive problem. And I think both sides of this are actually to do with. The, the global draw that Barcelona still are. Because you look at the, the, the ones that they really like to sell this summer, first out the gate, of Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati. And they've both been pretty clear and said, we've got contracts and we're not going. Mm-hmm. They've had this before from Rafinha. They've had it from Frankie de Jong. And whereas, say, in the Premier League, it's a financial thing. You know, how do you shift players who are on such massive contracts? I think people still really want to be part of Barcelona. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the the situation with Marcelo Brozovic. It's good on your we've, CV. We've known. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think when you look at the Marcelo Brozovic situation, he'll be leaving into this summer. And it's looked for a long time like he'll go to Al Nasser and join Cristiano Ronaldo and, and a fortune. It still looks like that will probably happen. But he, I think, would prefer to go to Barcelona. And they've managed to keep him hanging on a little bit. Now, they can't offer anything near the money that Al Nasser can offer him. And they can't really get the money together to pay into the very reasonable 25 million that they're looking for, for a player who we know has been brilliant in World Cups, in Champions League, that we know is one of the best midfield players in Europe. And and yet he's not quite signing off on the Al Nasser thing because... Barcelona are, are there and I, th- I think that 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 does show that you know it still means something actually yeah. it's great tune by loose ends if you know your music hanging on a string <laughs> <laughs> keep me hanging on a string that's what, what a baseline what a baseline <laughs> well indeed <laughs> I think they've uh, they've also been um, waiting on an offer for Frank Kessie as well so I think if you look at it, a lot of links with uh, Saudi Arabia like many players of course and I think Barca have been sitting waiting, thinking somebody's going to come in with eye water and money for Kessie, going to solve a lot of our 
you know, financial problems and we're going to be able to buy somebody with that money as well. And they're sitting waiting for that. And I was looking at Laporta's recent statements and he's saying, oh, we've had offers for, for this player, this player, this player, this player and this player. All really good offers. But yet he's like, they're not for sale, want to be part of the project. You've got to read between the lines there. They are for sale. They just want that big money to come in for them. And look, Rafinha, De Jong, uh, Kessie, a number of those players, they'd be gone. If the, as long as the money arrives on the table, I think Barcelona are now in a position where they can, you know, turn their noses up. Uh, well, who else, or what else is happening in the Spanish transfer window? Who else has got uh, problems, sort of uh, fundamental problems in signing and in exiting players? It's, it's a, a, every club. No, no, really, every, every club. It's, it's like every club across Europe um, you look at, you know, they've, they've, they've got a lot of players on their books and they need to move them on before they make any further moves. But Real Madrid didn't seem to have that pro- problem in signing Jude Bellingham for however many millions. Yeah, that's a bit of money they kept aside for that. I think. I think that you know, they, they, I think they always had money aside for for Bellingham, and then of course Kylian Mbappe as well. You know, I think that money's or, or always been uh, put aside. You know, they were they were ready to to get him a few years ago, of course, before he performed his U-turn. But even yeah. with Real Madrid, mm. they're not all in for Mbappe this summer. It's it's just so expensive, and you're right. They've just bought Bellingham. I mean, they showed before that they were willing to spend what 180 million, nearly 200 euros on a player who only had a year of his contract left. And I guess from PSG's perspective, you would think it's a similar scenario, but but it's not because since Mbappe signed that new contract at PSG, he's like, well, who's going to compensate me for my wages that I'm going to get this year, my signing on fee that I'm not going to get next year, which I would get a big one if it was a free. And I, I don't think you can knock that out of the way. He's also due a loyalty payment of up to 90 million euros if he stays at PSG this year. I mean, isn't that remarkable? So basically, Real Madrid have got to find a way to compensate him for all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really any club in the world, apart from the one he's leaving, <laughs> that, that could actually do that. So they've, they've got a bit of a problem and I think they're going to end up making do and mending between now and next summer when they finally do get to sign Mbappe. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think when you put it like that, it does make sense, you know, especially when all that money's money is involved. Um I just you just look at it and you think, look, a big club like Real Madrid who are gonna be at the business end of the season in every competition you'd expect. And for them to go into the season with the lack of firepower that they do, without a top nine, without a top mm. striker, with a make do and mend forward essentially essentially in Hosalu. And then rely upon, you know, Vinny, Rodrigo to, to chip in with like a lot of goals as well. That's a big ask. That's, you, know, you know, that they made a move to, you know, not really support Benzema. Um, and ultimately, I, don't, I think that let them down because, you know, Benzema declined. His fitness went a little bit, you know, as we, as we all saw before he made the move. And what yeah. so, so he suffered. And that was because he had so much of the weight on his shoulders carrying that forward line. So it'll be in, it's interesting to see that they're willing to go w- with that model again, if anything, with a lesser striker, of course. Yeah, Arda Gula is a player that, I've got to be honest, uh, was not on my radar. Uh, but then I heard, Andy, that you wanted to talk about him. And then I watched this amazing goal uh, that he scored against Wales uh, in the internationals a couple of weeks back. He is the Turkish Messi, or he's described as that. Is he the real deal, though? Well, he's little and he's very left-footed and he's got incredible balance on the ball. What's his hair like? A great start. So I think the the thing is, the the goal against Wales is great. It's not the best bit of him. The best bit about him is where you see him glide past players. 
when you see the fact that and the Turkish Super League is often quite rough, it is fair to say, um, the, the way he won't be intimidated, the way he, he, he goes past people, the way he takes responsibility on the ball, all those things, I think, mark him out as someone who's a great talent. Now, I know you want to get into his release clause, release clause yes. which, is, <laughs> which is why there's such a scramble for his signature. Yeah, you're, you're at this point now where it looks like it might have even come down to Real Madrid and, and Barcelona. Now, the one that he was keenest on was Sevilla going back like a, a month or two months ago. They're not in a brilliant financial position, like all these Spanish clubs we're talking about at the moment, that they've not got a great deal of flexibility. So even though we've got this extraordinarily low buyout clause... 17.5 million euros. Extraordinary, right? <laughs> Appar- apparently his dad wants that much again. I was, in, I was about to say, from, from, I was going to say from everything that I've heard... For a moment, I thought Charlton <laughs> Athletic could afford him, but yeah, thank yeah, you for that. Everything from what I've heard yeah. is uh, that Papa Gula is wanting a little yeah. bit of a commission, shall well, we say. Well, he's only going to sell him out of the country once, <laughs> I, I, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think... The, the thing is, he's someone who, you can tell in the way he plays, he's got extraordinary maturity. And ever since Real Madrid were interested in that, now the, the Barcelona interest has accelerated over the last week to 10 days. But when Real Madrid were first really interested, it was floated as an idea that he would join Real Madrid and play next season on loan at Fenerbahce. And there was this quite extensive discussion in Turkish football society. Is it a good thing for him to stay or does he need to progress? Now, mm. what we've got on the other side is Arda Guler himself saying, you know what? I-, I can't learn anymore here. You know, and him saying, actually, I need to go and play at a different level. So it wonders, I wonder if looking at him, I, I think probably the best move is that sort of severe, that Borussia yeah. Dortmund at a push, one of those sort of clubs where he goes there, plays 30 to 40 games a season rather than just becoming a commodity of mm. Barcelona or Real Madrid. I just wonder as well, like <laughs> we bring up the finances of these clubs and I think when they do come into money, they are, um, you know, wanting to buy a little bit more. I don't. I'm, I think the days of Sevilla taking a risk on a young player are, are, are gone. They want to know what's coming into the club. They want a 25, 26-year-old who's competed at a high level in a top five European league and they know can come in and do the job. I think it's a big risk for them to buy but, a younger but, player. But don't, don't you think their current, oh, well, I would say their, 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 their current way of, of, of running things that you've just referred to is a big risk. I, I don't know if we can say it's their current th- way of running things because Monchi has left and been replaced by Victor Orta. But the, part of the reason they're in financial and they've been in sporting trouble because of that policy. Yeah, they because haven't been able to sell anymore like they used to. It was too old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Koundé was their, their last real big sale. And you, and you look at that team now, you look at that squad, Severe, and there's, there's others as well. There's, you know, uh, Valencia and who have you as well. And you do look around and you think, right, who who are the star assets here? Who can they generate a lot of money for? And there's not that many about. And and there is. There's a there's a big, you know, group of, I think, Severe fans of, also of other clubs as well. And they're wanting to get to that policy where they operate, you know, with... Buying players in a different manner and not relying on these free transfers, these these twenty nine, twenty eight year olds who they can get a couple of years out of, just to just to keep the board steady, shall we say? Well, I mean, free transfers so misleading in that way, actually, <laughs> because you're lumbering yourself, especially if you're the size of a club like Sevilla, with huge wages that you can't shift. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's really difficult. David, Real Madrid and Barcelona have got their issues in this 
summer transfer window. What about Atletico? We don't hear much about what they're planning this season. Obviously, if there are issues in the Spanish league, you would have thought that they would be feeling the knock-on effects as well. Yeah, I mean, they are operating very sensibly, I think, in the market so far. They're getting, says, as Pilcoeta after he's leaving the Chelsea as well. So a solid experience, I think. He was starting, he, well, he struggled the last few years, I think, with the pace of the Premier League, the physicality of the Premier League. So I think La Liga, slow pace will suit him a little bit better. They've signed a brilliant fullback as well in Javi Galan, who's been fantastic for Celta, for Celta Vigo for the past few years and I think one of the best in Europe when it comes to fullbacks. Um, but there remains that elephant in the room, which is always there with Atleti every single summer. And uh, the elephant in the room is Jao Felix. <laughs> How do they solve well, this yeah. eternal problem of mm. Felix? Because he's been out at Chelsea. I think they were hoping he would perform well. He mm. did. I think he did well at Chelsea. I think he did mm. better than you know a lot of people do give him credit for. As well as one could perform in that Chelsea team. Exactly. I, I think he's probably and the best at Chelsea at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. And, totally. and every Chelsea fan that I've spoke to as well have said, oh, we really enjoyed him. Lovely footballer. And he, he played nice football. He played the, the sort of football that fans want to watch. Mm. Um so Atleti hope he would perform and then the office would fly in and they'd be getting their 100 million what they kind of want, the 80, 100 million. Nothing's come. Mm-hmm. The offers haven't come in. And I think they they had a chat with George Mendes, obviously, who looks after his affairs and they basically said, look, we need to find a move for move for him by this date. Otherwise, we, we're just going to keep him around. We want to plan. Simeone likes to plan. Like He likes to know what players he's got and who he's going to be working with in pre-season. They haven't been able to find that move looks like he's staying unless somebody gets desperate towards the end of the window he's staying at, at staying at, staying right, at Ledley okay. yeah. Yeah, so um, he's gone back there from Chelsea yeah he's right. gone back there from Chelsea he's back there now and like I said I think everyone hoped player Simeone the club itself as well hoped that he would find a move and it's just not happened again another summer goes by where nobody knows what is happening with Joao Felix that, that's the thing isn't it that they're going to be in the position where they almost have to play him to sell him you know when they were kind of lumbered with Morata pre-season last season and because the move to Juventus didn't go through and that they they ended up actually getting a pretty good season out of Alvaro Morata in in, yeah I think so yeah he bought into everything and I think he really really learned and Simeone's statements at the end of the season when asked about Jao Felix and just saying oh is he coming back because the question's always there this guy was over 100 on a million so you know it's a it's a big question that is constantly there and Simeone very interesting his statements he said look he can come back as long as he's going to play a part in things and he realises where we are, you know, the last few months of the season, I let you were brilliant. Um, as long as he buys into that and he does that, then fine. But the problem has been for Simeone that Felix hasn't really bought into that and he hasn't really delivered in that sense. So that's the issue there for, for everyone involved again, Andy. I'd have thought that the issue was also Simeone to a certain extent. He's, he's, <laughs> his wage bill, no, because he drains, drains a lot of money from the team as well, doesn't he? He does, but... It's worth every penny. He's worth it. Arda kontrol, Arda baktı kaleye, Arda Güler, Arda ne güzel gol, süper gol, göz bebeğimiz, bugünün 21'i. So let's, let's talk about uh, questions that listeners have on the transfer window. We do get a lot of questions, we welcome them all the time at Football Ramble, at uh, Dotson Adebayo, at uh, David Jacker, at Andy Bressel. From Kevin on Instagram, who have been the stars of this under-21 Euros so far? Who clubs should be on the hunt for uh, this summer? Who fancies having a go at that? 
Well, I'll tell you what the easy answer to this is. <laughs> any any Leon player in the France under twenty one setup. That's that's the very easy answer here. There's a there's a there's a group with them. But I've picked one out because everybody knows I think about Ryan Cherky right now, mm-hmm. you know. Um and then a few of the others who left as well, Guiri as well is another one as well. But I'm gonna talk about Bradley Barcola. Um and well interesting to get uh, Andy's opinion on this, but I think he's been brilliant. Just pure centre forwards, can play all along the front line, physical, technical. Lots of uh, speed as well, but also just the ability to hold up the ball um, and an eye for a goal as well. Who and does that, he play for? Leon. He's another Leon talent, as, as, as many of them are. And he has really, really impressed, I think, for me, um, out of all of them. I don't know what you think of him when you've watched Leon. I think you've broken a golden rule of this pod by uh, speaking about Leon, young Leon players before they've signed off their budget in BLCG <laughs> before the end of the season, which I'm not especially happy with. I've Keep him a secret. I've got another five here, so I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. Don't worry. Um, and, and yeah, a bit of close to the home as well. And I think this is this is positive news for Chelsea fans. I think Noni Madawika as well has, has really found himself really in this good. tournament. Yeah. And something like this, a little tournament in the summer can sometimes just get a player's confidence back, get his feel for the game back. And he's looking like the player from a couple of years ago when he was a PSV and he was just looking like he was ready to really, really explode. He then got an injury, unfortunately, came back and then the Chelsea move just suddenly came back before he'd picked up any real form. So he's been really impressive, I think, for England as well. That confidence has flown and I think that's the that's the nice thing to see there. Um, and I'd like to pick out a player from Ukraine as well. U- Ukraine who, who shocked France um, as well and, and have made the final. Um, so I'd have to pick out Artem Bonarenko of Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, 22-year-old, attack midfielder, winger, very industrious, very hard-working. But he's also nice technical ability. He's got an eye for a pass. He shifts really well from from wide areas into central areas as well. And so I've been really impressed with him. So there's been some. It's been a really good tournament so far. And you know, a few players have really put themselves in the shop window there. Yeah, what 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 a shop window for. Uh, young players indeed. What about this question uh, from Andrew on Twitter? Rasmus Hoyland, could he do the business for Man United next season if he became their main striker? The potential is absolutely enormous. Uh, he's been pretty good for Atalanta so far. He's had an incredible start to his senior international career with 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 Denmark, six six in six. He's just such a great finisher, and he he makes tremendous runs. Only twenty years old, so the idea of him leading the line for Manchester United for however many games a season seems a bit much to me. I think they're in a decent position, actually, United, because they've got so many good wide players. I think you play Rashford as a centre-forward and gradually bleed Hoyland in. But Hoyland is not going to be cheap. He will cost a lot of money. You know, Atalanta are very, very good at breeding players. that They have been for a very long time. And Hoyland is because of what he's done for the Denmark senior team, not a secret at all. If if they're going to buy him, I would imagine he'll probably cost not much short of what Liverpool paid for Shobish life. Because basically, centre-forwards cost Still more, don't they? cheaper than Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and, and a bit younger too. I mean, I think you could say there's an element of risk, but I feel like United are quite well set to welcome him. If they're going to go with... Rashford as their main centre forward which David there's no reason that they shouldn't do that No there? and I've, I've always been behind Man United buying a, a project striker over a ready made one I think num- number one I didn't think they had money for a, for a Harry Kane or a Victor Osman yeah. so I always think this younger sort of striker your Benjamin Chesco Rasmus Hoyland were the type of striker they should be looking at I thought and they could work with Ten Hag's got a very specific you know um, set of rules style of play and what have you so I thought Get a young player in, somebody you can build with over the next few years. Ten Hag's always talking about long-term. Running out, it's thinking long-term now. 
So I think you should get a younger striker in and really work him into that system, get a feel of it. And I think that makes sense doing that. And I really, really like Hoyland. And, and you've touched on it there. And all, what always stands out for me um, with him is his, his, his shooting technique. The way he goes through the ball, the way that he strikes the ball is, is really, really special, I think. Yeah, that's all the transfer window news for this week on, on the continent. But we'll be back next Tuesday with another OTC transfer special. Miguel Delaney of The Independent will be joining us for that. See you then. Thanks very much, Andy. And thanks very much, David. Thank you, man. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 